The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. The experiment was a success. Begin Life Force Reboot Program now. Stand clear. Life signs stable. It's alive. Set it loose. This is the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Psychology researchers from Michigan State University and the University of Michigan conducted a study to determine if self-talk could reduce anxiety. You should talk to yourself. It'll make you feel better. Did you know that? Have you ever ever known anyone that actually talks to themselves? Like, I mean, obviously, I, I... if you count talking to yourself like I've got to do this story and I'm going to lay this story out and I want to talk about that, oh yeah, and I can't I can't forget to talk to about talk to you about that and I'm trying to you know get myself straight in my head what what uh, you know what I want to share with you. But I actually have been uh, in familiar territory with humans who talk to themselves, and by I mean. Arms flailing. I can't take it. Tell me this. I've got to do this. And talk to himself. I mean, it's kind of a strange little thing. However, however, according to this study, subjects were shown disturbing images such as a man holding a gun to their heads. Then they were asked to respond to the pictures in first person, third person as their brain activity was being involved. For the second one, they were asked to recall traumatic experience in their first person and then in third person, and the brain activity was reviewed. In both cases, they found that participants displayed less brain activity in the region most associated with storing emotional experiences when speaking in the third person. So speak in the third person, talk to yourself, make it all better. Make it all better, okay? That helps people gain a tiny bit of psychological distance from their experiences, which can often be useful for regulating emotions. <laughs> Isn't that special? Welcome to the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. 888-900-3393 is the phone number. You can follow me on Twitter, at JeffyMRA. Facebook, Jeff Fisher Radio. Instagram, JeffyMRA. Go to theblaze.com. Click on the channels button. Look for Jeffy Fisher. Click on that. Follow me there. You'll be alerted when new stories uh, go goes up. Uh, new stories from this show, and I do uh, a few other little tidbits uh, once in a while and throw it up on the Blaze channel, uh, just for your entertainment. And then, uh, oh, and then I come back. I, I left the room for a little bit because the building uh, is quite possibly turning into the surface of the sun, uh, since all the air conditioners are turned off. And so I'm trying to get a couple of uh, trying to. Get, Go to the blowers, 
Try to get some AC turned on, and uh, while it seems to be uh, stuck on the off position and won't uh, go to the on position, but I had left the studio for a few moments, and I come back, and I've got the 800 number to Bill Murray in front of me. Nice. Thank you. Don't try to suck up now. Don't try to suck up now like Mr. Oh, he's really pissed at me about the Don Ho thing. I'll get him the Bill Murray number. Don't. Don't try to suck up to me with that, okay? I mean, it worked. It did work, but don't. Don't, because I'm going to be calling Bill here today and saying hello and seeing if, you know, maybe the next time he's in Dallas we can hook up. I'd love to hang out with Bill Murray. Love it. So we talked earlier about robots taking jobs, and you know that robots are going to be taking jobs from you as far as planetary protection officer but as of right now they still want humans nasa is willing to pay you up to one hundred and eighty-seven thousand dollars a year to defend earth from aliens come on that's a good gig i would love to have the special badge man the planetary protection officer ppo I'm calling the planetary protection officers. They defend Earth and the cosmos from alien contamination. This following the Outer Space Treaty of 1967. No. I mean, nice. Planetary protection officer. Now, the salary ranges from 124000 to 187000 hmm. So the creation of the position stems from... The Outer Space Treaty, which demands nations and parties exploring space adopt appropriate appropriate coverage to uh, handle adverse changes in the environment of the Earth resulting from the introduction of extraterrestrial matter. The agreement requires space missions to have less than 1 in 10,000 chance of contaminating another planet. Yeah, good luck with that. But... I was wondering if, uh, you know, if you have to wear a special suit, I might be out. Because uh, they probably don't have the fat guy suit. A little disappointed about that. NASA's always got the, if you see the guys in the space shuttle, and when they're flying flying up in the, and they're going into space, going to the, going to the, uh, the space house that we just fly up and take trash from and come back and leave people up there. Thanks. And now we're letting SpaceX do it, so thank you. I'm all about that. We should have not been. We should not have been paying for trash pickup at the space station. That's all we were doing. There's oh, more food, and uh, give us your trash, and then we'll go back to Earth. That should all all be private. Even if we have to deal with, I mean, you know who runs the trash departments? Yeah, even in space. That's why you need to have the planetary protection officer. But anyway, you see those astronauts taking off in the shuttle and i mean they are that's a tight squeeze there there's no there's no room for a guy like me <laughs> there's no room for a guy like me at, at all they'll be like um, nope it's like getting on a roller coaster you know where they have the roller coaster has the fat guy seat up front but it really isn't really a, it's like a designer fat guy seat and if you've ever sat in that seat and want to Feel good about yourself, you're not going to make that happen because 
if you what happens is they set you down and they go, yo, this is the big guy seat, and they pull the thing up over your shoulders and your head like that, and it won't fit just right. So the kid, you know, the fifteen year old kid that's working the ride, leans back, puts his foot up on it, and just jams it, locks it shut. Oh. Uh, you locked in? Yes, I locked in. I'm good. I'm ready to have fun on the ride. We're good here. That's a tight squeeze. <laughs> Bro, the last one I was on, I almost said just, just oh, go ahead and unhook it. I don't know that I want to go on the full ride. And then it started. That bad boy gets tight now. <laughs> and I'm not sure if it's the seat or me that made it tight. Huh. Figure that one out. But uh, that's what it'd be like in the space show. <laughs> in the space show. You'd see the other two astronauts all s- squeezed into one little corner. Oh, fine. Don't worry about that one big fat guy in the corner. There's three of us in here. That's a- Anything for a planetary protection officer, though. I'm all ready for that. Hello, space alien. I'm the planetary protection officer of Earth. Stop. You cannot enter our atmosphere. Yeah, that'll work. That will work. Now, you want to talk about a scam. And I I shouldn't call it a scam because I don't know that it's a scam. But you know how you can buy stars? Genius. Genius. Okay, we'll sell you a star in your name. Uh, they're gonna send, they send you a piece of paper that says that star. <laughs> that is so good. Why did I think of that? I mean, that's a million dollar idea. Sell people. We'll name a star after you. That star at point dot two 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 is Bill. And the star at point two 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 three is Sarah. I mean that's genius. Genius. Well now for twelve thousand five hundred dollars. Only twelve thousand five hundred dollars. So I mean we're I'm making a deal with you here, okay? You can uh you can send your ashes to the moon. Or you can hold a spot. For a, you know, a cemetery plot. Have we sold plots of land to the moon? Do we actually do that? Come on. I mean, that's a good gig right there. If we're going to just start sending. We'll send grandpa's body burned dust up to the moon. Now, he won't be buried. We're just going to go up to the moon and throw the dust out. It'll be just part of the moon. And it's only going to cost you $12,000. That's good stuff. Now you can send the gram to your cremated remains. Oh, you can blast it onto the moon or have them shot out into deep space. Costs about $5,000 for a burial in low Earth orbit. Come on. Just climb to a mountain and have somebody throw you up in the air. Throw your dust up in the air is about the same as that. I'll do that for you for five grand. I'll tell you what, for five thousand dollars, I'll fly a helicopter anywhere on Earth and just throw your throw your dust out the helicopter. That's a low Earth orbit. Wow. This is a good scam. 
Argos Funeral Services provide more personalized space burials. Argos became the first funeral provider to score permission from the California Department of Public Health to send cremated remains to space on the first privately funded lunar mission led by Moon Express. I mean, you cut a deal with SpaceX, right? Moon Express cuts a deal with SpaceX. They buy a four-by-four section of SpaceX, right? You buy a four-foot section on SpaceX for your box. They fly you up to the space station. They, you know, they're dropping off some food, picking up some trash. And then uh, for, you know, a million bucks, they've got a box full of, a box full of human remains that they got to kick out and they just throw it out into space so that you have your low orbit what's it called hold on i gotta make sure your low earth orbit burial i mean come on that's a good gig i don't know that you can cover it though because spacex i mean i'm sure that elon is going to charge you a pretty penny for you know a spot on spacex so you're gonna to have to get quite a quite a few of them. <laughs> Come on, quite a few of them. But if you've got people talked into it, man, wow. So a small portion of the customers' ashes will join dozens of others on a rocket ship that blasts off from New Zealand late this year or early next year, destined for the moon. A robotic lunar lander built by Moon Express will carry the ashes and DNA. and DNA to the surface, along with science projects designed to test Albert Einstein's general relativity of theory and to create a better map of the moon. Now, you realize that the moon is just the moon, right? We've been there. It's dirt. If it's the moon, it's another planet. Oh, okay. Argos and Celestis are selling space burials to anyone who ever longed to travel in space or stepped outside on a starry night and felt at home. It's not all that different from scattering ashes at sea. Everybody dies, so it's a huge market. (laughs) Yeah, that's the fact right there. Nothing truer was said from that guy. Everybody dies, so it's a huge market. Look. I can sell you this casket for eight grand, but you know, for another four, I can shoot your ass on the moon. Oh, okay. You know, your dad always told me, he might not have written it down in his will, but your dad always told me he wanted to, you know, go to the moon. So this is a way for you to give him his dream by paying me $13,000. Now, you know what's going to happen too. Feel it. I don't want it to happen. Maybe we should talk to these people. Oh, we should talk to these Dickleberries and see exactly what they're what they're doing. I mean, they've got Seattle Space Flight Industries. They've got California. They're blasting off from New Zealand. We're going to find out more about this. I've got to talk to these people. I want to see what kind of uh, I want to see what kind of thing they've got cooked because you know what's going to happen. I mean, I can feel it. I can feel it. The headline next year: Low orbit. What's it called? Low-orbit space burials. 
found to just be dumping dust in the middle of the desert here on earth, lying to the people. They'll be convicted of fraud. They tell people, oh no, we sent him to the we sent Uncle Bill to the moon. Uh-huh. That truck that drove through the desert that dust was flying out of, what was that? Nothing. The rocket never left Earth. I know, but he still went to the moon. We made it go to the moon. Really, we did. Oh, we've got to talk to these people. This is I, I have to invest in this company. Are you kidding me? Ashes, okay. Uh, signing was when legendary geologist Eugene Shoemaker's ashes were shot onto the moon's surface in the summer of 1999. So we've already got human dust up there on the moon. Discoveries of one of the things part of the moon cemeteries. We've got to invest in this. I am telling you, here at the Jeff Fisher Radio Show, we have got to invest in moon cemetery plots. I mean, that's a million dollar idea. These people are way ahead of us. I am disappointed. This is the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Show. All right. First, I want to apologize. Uh, it was brought to my attention that I was incorrect about the moon, and I, you know, when I said it, I thought, I don't think that's right. When I said about the moon, because I inadvertently said that the moon was just dirt, moon dirt, and I apologize because everyone knows the moon is made out of cheese. I apologize. So, if you wish to have your bone dust spread on the moon. Over the cheese, it only costs you 13000 We are going to find out more about that scam, I'm telling you. Also, another million-dollar idea that I had, moi, had years ago. I see an article about this company, Granny Pods, now allow your aging parents to live in your backyard. Granny Pods. Are you kidding me? I talked about having those pods that you could get. You, you drop them off in your driveway hook up a hose to them for your bathrooms, and you've got an extra room for people to stay in for the holidays. It's like a hotel room. Pods. I'm t- The visitor pods, hotel pods, call them whatever you want. That's been, that was my idea. Now being used. Million-dollar idea. Uh, you're welcome. You're welcome for letting you. You don't have to give me any credit for it. It's fine. Don't worry about it. I'm okay with it. You're welcome. All right? Now, they want... A lot of money for these granny pods. I mean, a lot of money. I believe that you could, if you wanted to just make one yourself and start renting it out, you could do it for a lot cheaper. But you drop off a pod in the driveway for a week, A, it'll be comfortable enough so that it looks like you're providing a a space for relatives to stay in. B, it will be uncomfortable enough for them to say, we can only stay the few days and then we have to go. So everybody wins. They get a place to stay, and they want to leave. Nice enough to have a roof, bad enough not to want to stay there forever. You're welcome. That's all I'm saying. You're welcome. 
All right, so we've got a lot. Uh, we got I got another couple of great stories for you that I'm happy with. But one of the things that uh, is coming to America soon that's happening now in the UK is they have uh, egg vending machines. You think to yourself, what do you want to get from a vending machine? What's the first thing that pops into your mind? Eggs, of course. The Cabbage House Farm is relying on the goodwill of customers uh, to pay the correct amount for the eggs because they had too many people stealing uh, stealing eggs. So they wanted to put the eggs in a vending machine, and they're charging for it. That's good stuff, man. I, what what they need to start doing is having the raw eggs for you to purchase in the vending machine, and then have some, you know, the daily hard boiled egg, you know, that sells for your lunch. That's your lunch, right? The hard boiled egg. I know, I know. Look, look. These ideas just come to me. Okay, I, I can't stop it. Well, I wish I could. But it's just there. All of a sudden, these, these million-dollar ideas just come to me like this. I mean, you see a story on egg vending machines installed at a farm to tackle thieves. I see an egg vending machine and think to myself, hey, let's hard-boil some and have some food. I know. I know. It's just, you know, the way things are. I can't help it. Look, there's no off switch on Genius. The Jeff Fisher Show, the Blaze Radio Network. The Jeff Fisher Show. Thirty-three ninety-three is the phone number. Welcome to it. Lawrence Jones uh, standing by in the sweat box uh, that is Mercury Studios today. As of course, it is the surface of the sun in Texas, but uh, there's there's not an issue in this room. If there was an issue in this room, you would have heard about it. <laughs> this room is comfortable. Uh, now, I could open the sliding glass door a little bit and let some of the air out. Maybe, you know, cool down a little bit of the area next door. I could do that, but no, I'm not going to do that. Plus, it will never reach that other room, so it's just wasted. I can't waste it. It should be used in this room. I mean, it's almost like, you know, when you go shopping, let's use, uh, just go grocery shopping, because that's the main store where you use a shopping cart. And you unload your groceries. And then you do what with the shopping cart? What do you do? Do you leave it? Do you push it in the next in the next parking area and just walk away? Do you push it up on a curb half and half and walk away? Or do you take it back to the cart receptacle? Some cart receptacles are wide for Two or three rows. Some are short for single rows. What do you do with it? Now, so I read an article. What returning your shopping cart says about you. Now, I I believe this guy's trying to be a little funny. 
but he's right. Uh, I realized, uh, according to him, he realized there are two different people in this world, cart returners and cart deserters. Both say a lot about you. I would add a third to that. There's the cart returners. There's the cart deserters. And then I'm not sure what we call the the cart erratics. or I'm not sure what we call them, but there's the cart person who feels like they want to return it, but they don't want to walk all the way over to the receptacle, so they just push it as hard as they can toward the receptacle, and wherever it lands, it lands. <laughs> yes, yes, those are the cart half-assers. Yes, that's exa- I'll go with that. I like that. Because we've seen them. Now, there are several times that I know that I can make it. Now, that's a, that's a, that's a little game in my head where I say, ooh, the receptacle's right there, and no problem. Boom! And go as hard as you can, but I do follow through. So if it were not to go into the receptacle, which never happens, if it were not to go into the receptacle, I would go after it and put it in. But again, that's not going to happen under my watch. I return them. I do return them. It drives me. The reason I return them is because, look, how much do I hate not being able to pull into a parking spot because of a shopping cart left, um, have them blowing around a, a parking lot uh, when it's you know windy and they're blowing around there loose. Um, I just, just how much I see them half and half up on the curb of a parking area. You know, somebody or they they just leave it next. To, it just drives me crazy. So it's I feel bad about being angry at those people. If I don't follow through on my end, so I take them back. Now, I, at one time, uh, for a time of my life, worked for a grocery chain. And part of my job when I first started, of course, is carts. You know, so no matter what you're doing in the store, when you hear the manager, carts, you know that you've got a hop sing your bougie butt outside and go get the carts. Now, in today's world, some of the bigger stores, the bigger box stores, they've got the the cart machines. I would have killed humans for that machine. I mean, our part of our deal was to see how many we could actually push in from the parking lot and get them into the door and into the into their slots inside the store because that takes some doing because there's only you might be able to push a straight line of however many cards i really don't remember how many what the what the record was Uh, i can tell you that (laughs) i was the record holder but i don't remember exactly what it was but the trick the record of being able to push a row of carts up to the door is one thing the record of being able to push the the carts up and in the door is something else because you got to get that you got to get the turn right you got to keep the you got to keep the momentum going forward you got to get the turn right and then you've got to reach a certain point where you swing the line back because you don't want to hit the other side of the doorway and then you've got to keep the momentum still going forward i mean it could be a sport i was just saying it could be possible but then they ruined it with robotics those bastards 
They brought in a robot card pusher. Those bastards. Still takes a human, though, with remote control. Beep. Wait till that job ends. Um, those robots will be pushing 8,000 carts in. But they won't need to because every time a cart gets left out there, a robot will be standing by to push it in. Huh? Come on. That's a good gig. So he claims that uh, there are hundreds of excuses for someone to leave their cart propped up on the grassy medium or left between parking spaces. Maybe they're in a hurry. It's raining. They're trying to escape dirty looks for getting there because their oversized truck is parked across two spaces. Whatever the reason, there's one thing all these excuses have in common. It's all about them. We see that all the time. Especially, I don't want to say Texas is any worse than any other place, but Texas is worse than any other place. Uh, many people believe that the world is about them, and that's what they live on. And again, I don't want to say that Texas is any worse than any other place, but Texas is worse than any other place. So why not take a step for it? If you disabled person with a cart, offer to return it for them. It's all about helping your neighbor. Okay? Successful people put others first instead of being wrapped up in things that benefit them. They look for ways to help and serve those around them. You will get all you want in life if you help enough other people get what they want. So, I mean, I'm living large. If I help enough people get their shopping cart, if I help enough people get their shopping cart, I mean, that's, I'm living large. Count on that. I mean, when it comes to money, the more giving you are, the more likely you are to make. And, you know, a lot of people poo-poo that, but uh, this this man gives you a good example. A hand that's closed tightly around money ensures that none leaves, but it also ensures no one can come in. An open hand allows money to come and leave freely. So, think about that. Now, he claims that we've all been tempted to turn into the dark side. Your child is screaming, the nearest cart receptacle is 10 parking spaces away. Can't I leave the cart here just this once? Again, this is where I I have a problem because I want to just leave it there. I mean, I've already paid an extra amount of money for my groceries because they want to pay uh, Bob Jr. to come out and get shopping carts. So let Bob Jr. get it. That's his job. Because Bob knows when he hears carts, he has to hop sing his butt out there and get carts. Even if it's with the remote control machine that they can bring in 18 million cars. And they got it easy now because most of those places have like garage doors that, can, that the machines and robots can just wheel in hundreds of carts in a row. It's not like the old days when we had to do it by hand, I'll tell you that. When men were men and grocery baggers were cart boys, and cart boys were boys, something like that. So you just need to do the right thing. Know who you are. What kind of person are you? Are you a cart returner, a cart deserter, or a, what was it? Oh, are you a cart, are you a cart returner, a cart deserter, or a cart half-asser? Which are you? You decide. That drives me crazy, those carts, man. That's one thing. I, I seriously, I, I don't know why it bothers me so much. I really don't. And it's been a long time since I've actually left a cart. Not in a cart receptacle. It just drives me crazy. I mean, it, it only takes a little bit of time to wheel that cart 
back to where with the receptacle that they have for them. Just a little bit of time. And if you work smarter, not harder, perhaps when you're looking for a place to park, you try to park close to a receptacle. So the walk isn't that far. Right? But we just leave it. You pull it. I mean, how many times it's been busy, the store parking lot's busy, it's pretty full, and you see an open parking space, and you pull in, and there sits a shopping cart. Because someone only cared about themselves and didn't care about other people. <laughs> That's worse than a cart half-asser. Okay? The cart deserters are worse than the cart half-assers. All right? I'll tell you, oh, man. I can't, I, 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 I'm, I'm too mad. I'm too mad to go on. This is the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. This is the Jeff Fisher Show. Welcome to the broadcast. This is the Jeff Fisher Radio Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Thank you so much for coming along for the ride today. I appreciate it uh, each and every Saturday here on the Blaze Radio Network. And then, of course, uh, uh, once in a while I speak up on the Glenn Beck Radio Program and speak up once in a while on the Pat and Stu Show on the Blaze Radio Network and the Blaze Television Network. So thank you again for coming along for the ride and joining us on whatever broadcast you grab uh, the horns on and uh, join. We love you for it. Thank you. Um, couple of things I wanted to get to. We talked about robots a lot uh, during this broadcast. Uh, we talked to uh, the author, Nigel Cameron, about uh, his book, Will Robots Take Your Job? And uh, I'm going to be, I'd like to talk to Nigel again and get into a little bit more, uh, uh, dig in a little bit more, peel a couple more layers off that onion because we kind of uh, uh, broad stroked it a little bit um, today, but there's, so much to talk about and uh, be concerned about that I just don't think is being addressed as we get closer and closer to more robotics doing more and more work. And uh, it's all around us already, and it's only going to get worse or better depending on how you look at it. And one of the things that they're doing now, uh, I just read a story where scientists are precisely edit DNA in human embryos, and they're trying to fix a particular disease gene So if we're at a point where we are editing DNA in human embryos, uh, we're going to be able to live a lot longer. Uh, We've got, uh, they've got uh, robotics that are going in and doing lung cancer surgery that they can catch it faster and be more precise. Uh, So you're going to be, if you have some sort of disease, you're going to be able to get it fixed better from robotics. And then for those of you that want to have the perfect human being, you're going to be able to create the perfect human beings or as close as we can get by editing the DNA. So something, I mean, if you're going to have robots running everything, something's going to have to be done because we're going to have, uh, you know, 800 year old people sitting around waiting for the government to pay them. And, uh, so that they can go to the grocery store and leave their damn shopping cart out the lot. Yeah, you heard me. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Now, be ready. Also, a uh, story about Fox uh, getting ready to uh, debut six-second TV ads. 
Uh, it should be fascinating. YouTube started this uh, not long ago. And, uh, I mean, hell, Clear Channel did it 10 years ago with their adlets and their five-second ads uh, trying to get it in. The problem that Clear Channel did is that they were using these adlets, and it was an, it was adlets. So it was in addition to. They figured, hey, you know, we could put 25, 26 minutes of ads into this 30-minute program, and if we just add another five seconds, we'll get more money. I mean, that's that's the way they were thinking. So if it's just going to be the ad itself, uh, just the six-second ad and not, hey, here's 60 seconds, and then we're going to throw in an extra six-second ad, it might work out all right. And uh, I hope th- I hope it does. There's plenty of... Uh, there's plenty of room for new ways to advertise. And, in fact, uh, there may be some uh, some things to look forward to here on the Blaze Radio Network in the future. <gasps> I'm not supposed to say anything. I hope I didn't spoil anything. Don't, don't quote me on anything, okay? And for those of you that want uh, to send me more information anytime, you can email me anytime, jeffy, J-E-F-F-Y, at glenbeck.com. And I'll give you an example of... Uh, some of the email that I already received. So, I mean, if there's more of this, feel free to send it to me because I want to be alerted when things like this happen, okay? Uh, This is uh, an email that came to me uh, earlier this week. Um, Space warning. Death Star heading towards Earth will end life with hail of space rocks. You've been warned. So just let, you know, if you want to email me information and uh, warn us, uh, warn myself and warn others, uh, feel free to do so because uh, we all want to be alerted. Don't forget about the AI language robots. Can't get enough of these. There was actually, it was just a male and female fighting. <laughs> I can, I, I, everything else. Balls have a ball to me, to me, to me, to me, to me, to two. The man robot, I I, whatever. Man. This is I. the Jeff Fisher Show. Only on the Blaze Radio Network.